Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. So excited to have you back with us for episode 360 of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, we've got a great show for you today, and uh, I think this may be the most people we've had on a single show. Today, we're going to be joined by uh, not one, not two, not three, but four guests that together make up the leadership team here at the Speaker Lab. Now, if you've ever wondered what it's like to be a part of the nuts and bolts behind the curtain of TSL, you're going to love this episode. We're going to be talking about why we're dedicated to absolutely making this the best possible place for people to work. We're talking about how to, how we stay connected as a fully virtual company and also what it means to balance growth and caring for our team. We are deeply passionate about our work and our families and are very intentional about preserving the unique culture that we have here at TSL. We're also going to explain how we prioritize sustainable growth, our favorite tools in the day-to-day and why it's important to be top of your gift game as a member of the TSL team. we got a ton of fun here at the Speak Lab, all while making sure that our students gain the confidence, clarity, and a clear path to their very own speaking success. It is an absolute privilege to work with this team. Can't wait for uh, you to hear from them. So let's get right to it. Here's my conversation with the leadership team here at the Speaker Lab. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Oh, we have a doozy for you today. I think this is uh, out of the hundreds and hundreds of episodes we've done. I think this is the most people we have ever had on a single episode. What we are doing today uh, is we're doing the first in a series where we're having the entire leadership team from here at the Speaker Lab. Uh, yes, there's a whole bunch of people involved here uh, beyond just me. And so we've got a lot of people here that are joining us. We have uh, the leadership team of uh, Chris Sayo, uh, Sam Hill, Mary Alice Goldsmith, and uh, Casey Proctor, who helped really run things. we got a team of uh, 20 something people. And uh, these are the people that really help lead and run things. So we thought it'd be interesting to get everybody together here. We'll talk a little bit about their roles. You're going to hear more from them individually on upcoming episodes, but we'll hear a little bit about what they do and uh, how they fit into the company, but then also just kind of how we work, how we operate, how we run things and kind of the culture behind the scenes here at the speaker lab. So, um, they're all muted right now, but they all—they're all very pretty. So you just need to know that. So let's first start. I'm going to let you each give a 30, 60 second introduction of who you are, uh, and then also maybe how you came to the Speak Lab. Uh, so let's let's see here. How, what order do we want to go in? Let's go with seniority. I think Sam's been here the longest. So Sam, we'll start with you. Why don't you give us an uh, overview of not only your role, but then uh, how you how you came about to to be at the Speak Lab? Totally. My role is director of sales also known as Director of Enrollments, just helping our prospects uh, become clients and get started or improve their speaker journey. And man, I was connected to you through a mutual friend. And this is a couple years ago now when Speaker Lab did uh, a lot of course sales. 
And um, as you wanted to level up the program, as we've done over the years, started to do a lot more one-on-one strategy sessions with our prospects and put them into a larger platform. And uh, we were connected through a friend and the rest is history. Here you are. You're still here many years later. Uh, awesome. Like uh, do I? Said I'm like a dinosaur. You are. You are. We're keeping you around. Uh, Casey, tell us about yourself and what your role is here. You bet. Uh, my name is Casey and I'm the director of operations. I help our team have clarity on what their roles are, what they are expected to accomplish, and then also give them the tools to succeed, whether that's software or processes or more team members on their team. Um, really just helped run operations of the Speaker Lab day to day. And I came from uh, eight years at corporate headquarters of Starbucks and then a little bit of freelancing time of myself. And then one day out of the blue, I got a text from Grant saying, hey, man, what are you up to? I might have something for you. <laughs> and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, and Chris, tell us about yourself and uh, what's, your, what's your role? Yeah, so I'm the director of marketing, and I guess my responsibility is ensuring that the sales team, the enrollment team, has plenty of bookings to qualify and just figure out if they're a good fit for our our coaching program. Uh, Generally, I work on a lot of the back-end marketing systems with the amazing Melissa Howard, who's another team member. Um, And I heard about TSL through a friend of a friend. Brian Harris, uh, he actually uh, got me this job. So Brian Harris, wherever you are, thank you. Uh, wouldn't be here without you. But yeah, uh, didn't really know much about the industry or the company before him. And then uh, as I got to know Grant and just c- kind of his authenticity and genuine kind-hearted spirit came through through the process and just a guy that I felt like I could trust. And uh, here I am 18 months later, yeah, right at wow. just about a year and a half. Wow, eighteen months later. So, <laughs> man, best best job I've ever had so far. Uh, and then, uh, last but certainly not least, the uh, the most responsible one of us all, Mary Alice. Uh, tell us about yourself. That's great. Hey, everyone. I'm Mary Alice Goldsmith. I'm the director of student success, and uh, I help our students gain the confidence the clarity and a clear path to their speaking success. And I work with an incredible team who I think what really blows my mind on a daily basis is just how sincerely they care about every single student. So it's so impressive. And um, I found the speaker lab because I was following them in my whole other life as an entrepreneur and um, saw they had an opening and I was like, Hmm, I don't know. Let me apply. Let's see what happens. (laughs) And here I am. Happy to be here. That's awesome. That's very cool. And so one of the things, let's talk about this, is that uh, a really, really big deal for us as a company is, we talk about this a lot internally, is we want to create the kind of place that is the best place that people ever work. And so we realized that a lot of our team members, uh, yourselves included, will probably work a variety of, of jobs or careers or businesses over the course of your life. So while you're here, uh, we want to make sure that um, that this is an amazing place to be and that you have a, an amazing experience. So I'm curious from your perspective, what, a, what does that mean? What does that look like? Uh, how do we operate in that? Do we actually operate in that? Because there's a lot of companies that say that and all that sounds nice. Uh, but what does that look like on a day-to-day basis that, that makes TSL a, a great place to, to work at or be? Who wants to start with that? Casey. Sure. 
Um, I think for us, what makes a great place to work is the culture and being really intentional about it. A lot of companies and brands give lip service to what their core values are, what their mission statement is. Um, but if you were to ask anyone in the company, just offhand pop quiz, what is our mission? What what are our core values? Um, and they wouldn't be able to tell you, or they might be able to name a couple. And so we've been super intentional about keeping those short. We only have three core values and they apply not only to our students and to our business, but to our team as well. And that's people, growth, and ownership. <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, Chris, I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, because you came from a world that was uh, overly, uh, I think it would be fair to say you were, you were very stressed um, and have worked in some, uh, some, uh, a difficult role before. And so what, what has been different about this? Or I know even like whenever you started that a lot of what we were telling you about the, the company of just like, yeah, we do, we do things differently. Like all that sounds good. Um, but uh, how has working here been compared to what you perceived it to be? Yeah, so I came from a company that uh, was very much a high growth kind of startup. Um, and I learned a ton. Uh, it was a great learning experience, but it was very much a, this company kind of needs to be your life if we need to, if we're going to hit the growth goals that we want to achieve. And there's tons of people who take that path. Um, I tried it. It was a good learning experience. But as I've now worked at TSL for the last year and a half, I've realized, actually, that's not really my cup of tea. Uh, I much prefer uh, kind of sustainable growth that um, really prioritizes people um, outside of their jobs and gives them the time to... Um, just unwind. Um, so TSL has been a complete uh, game changer for my family and for myself, just because uh, before I was, you know, working 50, 60 hours a week, and then I was commuting another 10 to 15 hours a week. So when that's all said and done, it's like, I'm away from my family uh, for probably around anywhere from 60 to 70 hours a week. And uh, that's just not something that I want to do. I just had a daughter uh, last Jan five months ago, and um, I get to wake up, um, not have to rush out of my bed to get to work. But um, yeah, I can I can spend time with her, spend time with my wife, and um, do that all from my home. And I think a big part of that is because we've set up the right incentives and culture to uh, help align everyone across states. Um, we're a very results oriented organization. So Grant obviously can't micromanage every minute of what we do. So, so much of, uh, I think how we're incentivized is tied to our outcomes. So right. just giving people very clear and specific numbers and objectives and tying their incentives to that, I think has created a really healthy culture where we're all cheering each other on. We're all able to trust each other we all generally share this kind of work-life balance priority and that's just a pretty amazing experience or that's pretty unique and it's been an amazing experience. And I think that um, a lot of people in the organization would echo those sentiments. So uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of my take on that. 
Yeah. Sam, I'm curious from your perspective, like what do you, what are things about the speaker lab or being a part of the speaker lab that you think uh, if we pull back the curtain, what is it like to work here that people may not realize? Two things jump out. Uh, one is it's just a ton of fun, like truly fun. And so, you know, you spend more time working than any other part of your life. And so if it's not fun, it can be really long. <laughs> right. And uh, working here is like genuinely fun. I think about the next gift that I'm going to send to teammates and make sure it's good. Like gift game has to be on. It's like stuff like that. It's like genuinely fun, uh, busting each other's chops. Uh, so it's, it's just really fun. And, and also seeing how, um, people are using the speaker lab to accomplish their own personal whys and goals, which is something that you've really set a tone of that, um, they want this, you want this to be the best place anyone's ever worked. And so it's cool. Like I had a one-on-one this morning with a team member and they were talking about how their role here is allowing them to do this one thing. That's like their big passion and hobby. And it's like, just cool. We weren't talking about work really. We were talking about passions and hobbies. So it's pretty sweet. So that's, that's one. And then the second one I would say is you really empower people to lead like rarely, if not, you know, like never am I like having to just report something, you know, like, uh, report back to you on something, you know, that really you empower people to lead. You ask more, Hey, what do you need from me to accomplish, you know, X, Y, and Z targets. So yeah, I just feel like we're really empowered to be leaders and can, and can run. And that's what creates significant results is when people are empowered to lead versus, um, you know, checking boxes and stuff like that, which is really a breath of fresh air. Hey friends, do you know the five steps to book more gigs and get paid as a speaker? Well, if not, listen up because these same five steps to help me to grow a seven-figure speaking career are all laid out in great detail in my latest book, The Successful Speaker. Five steps for booking gigs, getting paid, and building your platform. Whether you want to speak as a side hustle or your dream is to become a full-time professional speaker, I know what it takes. I share all of that with you in this definitive step-by-step roadmap. Let me be your guide. Learn from my mistakes. Get paid what you know you're worth to share your unique message on stage. If you want to read the first chapter for free or just check out the book, go to thespeakerlab.com slash book. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash book. Check out your copy of The Successful Speaker. How do we find that right balance? Uh, and I think again, we we I think we do a decent job as this as a as a company. But how do we do a good job of making sure that people are are motivated and incentivized and continue to move the ball forward um, without, uh, w- but also having that that work life balance? Like one of the things that we've talked a lot about, uh, Casey, Sam, you guys have been here for a while. You've seen the growth that we've had in the company and how we have you know more than uh, certainly more than doubled in size even since you guys have been here that uh, we've, there's always kind of been this, like, we want to keep growing as long as we can maintain the, you know, the, the special environment that we have. And so this is unique. So how do we protect that? So how do we find that right balance between growing and, and pushing? Because uh, we don't like uh, one of our, our core values is growth. And so we don't want to just settle for the status quo, just to settle for that. So we want to keep pushing, but we don't want to do it at the detriment of 
uh, of our family and who we are as people. Like one of the things we talk a lot about internally is that who you are is more important than what you do. So uh, your role here at the Speak Lab is incredibly important, but it's also uh, as more important uh, in terms of like who you are as a human being, as a mom, as a dad, as a husband, as a wife, as a friend, as a son, as a daughter. So how do we, is there anything that we do or don't do to find that right balance of pushing for growth, but not doing it at the detriment of who we are as, as people or as humans? I think it really comes down to those clear those clear expectations and leadership by example. So another way to define growth is continuous improvement. So we've never embraced growth for growth's sake, where at the beginning of the year or the beginning of the quarter, we say, all right, we're going to grow by 20% in this period of time. And then we invest all of our time and effort in, in hitting that goal. But you know, but why? Like, why do we need to grow 20% in that in that amount of time? And so we are continually trying to find ways to pursue excellence and to make things better, not just from a revenue perspective, but also from a student experience perspective, from the benefits that we offer our team and employees. And then I think the other major component is integrity and consistency, is we don't just say, we want this to be the best place you work. We don't just say, we want you to take off and spend time with your family. We make people take time off. We are like, hey, like you haven't taken you know any time off in the last two months. Like you need to go. You need to be away from work. Um, and we help invest in, in their lives and take care of that. Like Sam mentioned, like talking about their passions and stuff and what they care about. And then also for ourselves as a leadership team, like we, if we want our team to take time off and have some type of work-life balance or rhythm. We have to lead by example in that. We have to take time off. We need to exemplify the behavior and reinforce what we want to see happen on our team. Makes sense. Uh, anybody else have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think the another underrated aspect of that is just our hiring process in general. So um, most positions here, you have to you know submit your, uh, your resume, your experience, kind of answer a questionnaire, but then there are multiple interviews and work samples. So it's very much because we are such a outcome results oriented organization that is also remote and values work-life balance. We can only know kind of, we can only get a sense of having that blend through a relatively rigorous hiring process. So I remember as I was going through it, it's just for the leadership positions specifically, I think there are multiple work samples and you have, multiple interviews and it's just a very uh i mean for positions that we've opened we've gotten hundreds of applications and there are multiple rounds so i think a good hiring process has really helped us maintain that that culture and that that balance that we're talking about it's definitely allowed us as as the company has grown and we're we're almost on a monthly basis hiring people uh, and and just very regularly adding new team members. But we've also realized how important it is to get the right people, and so we have become uh, more and more and more picky and selective and choosy. And there have been times where maybe we were looking for a certain role and we interviewed a bunch of people and we just we couldn't find the right fit. And there have been times where we just said like nah, let's just wait or let's, let's, you know, promote it again and see if we can source some more candidates and just realizing like, it's better to get to wait and get the right person than to hurry and get the wrong person and then be, 
dealing with that because again, it's not only just from like a, a work standpoint, but also from a culture standpoint, that culture part is so critically important. Uh, Mayor, I'm curious from, uh, from your perspective, one of the challenges that, well, it's a, it's pro and con, but that we are a, a virtual company. And so everybody works from home. Everybody lives, uh, all over the U S and various time zones. And so there are even like right now, as we record this, uh, Chris is actually in Africa. He's eight hours time different, uh, from the, from the rest of us. And so uh, there's a lot of upside to that. Everybody's able to, to work from home, but there's also the challenge of how do you stay connected in a virtual company where the majority of our team has never met each other. And in fact, uh, at the time of this recording, just yesterday, uh, one of our team members uh, on your on your team, Mayor, happened to be in town. We hung out and someone who's been on the team for two years and I, I've never met in person. And so uh, and so, what what would you say for for... Uh, to that as far as how do we create a virtual company that allows people to work from home and have a lot of that freedom and autonomy, but at the same time, stay connected in a world where most of us haven't actually met each other in person. Yeah, I think we do a great job of that. Like between tacos and donuts and slacks and (laughs) text messages and boxer, like I think we're so plugged in probably even more so than if we were just like ho-humming through an office, like morning, happy Monday, like I think we take that extra uh, step to really purposely engage or purpose, purposely, purposely, <laughs> I'm really twisted on that word, but purposely, purposely. <laughs> you got it. You're good. You better cut this Casey, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like really make a conscious effort to connect with purpose. How about that? Um, so like, I know, I know like, People on my team, I, I work so close with them on a daily basis, but connecting one-on-one and like Sam said before, it's, it's not all like, oh, let's talk about this student, that student, this strategy, this operation, this system. You know, it's more like, how are you doing? You know, how was your weekend? Did you do that thing? Like we know things about each other that, you know, we may not know if we were even working right next door to each other in a cubicle, believe it or not. So I feel like we, we take great pride in going the extra step to, to engage. And it's weird when you say that, like we've never met some of these people. I feel like I've known them forever. It's so, it's so weird when you say that, cause I just don't feel that way. It's weird. And we hear that regularly from, from team members who, um, you know, you have someone on your team, Mary, who, who just joined within the past couple of months. And they're just like, I, I feel like I've known these people forever. Uh, and it's one of those things that it's great that we're all virtual, but at the same time, we, like you said, we have to be really, really intentional of what that looks like in terms of interacting with each other, of talking with each other, of staying connected. Uh, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about in terms of like just how we operate and maybe one way we can talk about that is just through kind of our, our meeting rhythm. So uh, Casey, you run a lot of our meetings, kind of walk us through on a, uh, a weekly, monthly, quarterly basis of what our meeting rhythm looks like uh, just kind of across the company. Sure. I think a uh, caveat to like disclaimer to start with is that a lot of organizations have a tendency to overmeet, and a lot of people who have been forced to transition to a remote work environment have experienced Zoom fatigue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember uh, in February of 2020, my wife asked me, uh, do you use Zoom at all? <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, all the time. And now having you know used it over this course of the last year so much, she's now a Zoom expert. Um, and so I think 
with so with our meetings, we try to be really cautious and not just have meetings to meet. But as a leadership team, it's important for us to stay connected and on the same page. So we kick off each week, Monday morning, we have a leadership team meeting. It's a chance for us to hang out a little bit. We talk about what went on during the weekend, how our teams are doing, where some kind of like key metrics are. But um, to Sam's point earlier, it's less about the metrics and more of like getting just kind of a pulse of the business and the team um, and where our team members are at. You know, um, if anyone's having a particular challenge or doing really well, we want to celebrate them. If we have staffing needs, things like that. Um, and then uh, as a leadership team individually, we each connect with you, Grant, um, every other week. We have a one-on-one -on -one just to talk about our goals and objectives for each quarter, how we're doing, the challenges we're facing, how you can help. Um, and those like agendas are usually driven um, by us. And then the each department head, each of the directors will meet with their teams every week or every other week, depending on the size of their team and the need for that and have one-on-ones with them on a regular cadence as well to make sure that we are plugged in with them. And so um, having a lot of connection in that way. Once every month, the whole team gets together on a Zoom call for about an hour um, and it's a lot of fun. We um, we laugh a lot. We keep you know them updated on what's going on in the business with each department. Um, if there's time, we will do a, we'll play a game together in a virtual environment, which has been fun. Done a little uh, Pictionary and things like that. And then uh, once a quarter, the leadership team gathers together. Uh, we do alternating between in-person. We've all come down to Nashville a couple times um, and then doing uh, actual, like we call them Zoom days. And we'll spend a couple days on Zoom um, in longer working sessions where it really gives us the opportunity to review the previous quarter. How do we perform against the objectives that we set? You know, celebrating what we hit, evaluating why we didn't hit other ones, either because, you know, constrained resources or reshuffled priorities, and then looking forward to the future uh, into the next quarter of what we're hoping to accomplish. And then looking at our you know, vision beyond that to the next year and five years and how our objectives align there. Um, and then once a quarter, we also have an extended team meeting for two hours where we uh, give out our core value awards of people, ownership and growth and just really celebrate the team. Uh, and it gives us opportunity to really highlight their contributions. And so that's been a lot of fun. Very cool. Uh, Chris, one of the things that, that we do on a, um, a, a quarterly basis whenever we're doing the Zoom days or the in-person kind of leadership team planning is we use a, a system called OKRs. Um, and this is something that, that's that's common. We didn't come up with it, but kind of a, a goal setting um, uh, methodology. So can you kind of walk us through like how we use OKRs, how they fit into the business and what they, what they look like on a um, department level? Yeah. So OKR stands for objectives and key results. And it's just a very helpful framework um, for creating alignment across an organization and uh, quantifying outcomes and being specific about the results that you're trying to generate for an organization in a measured kind of systematic step-by-step -step way. So each department kind of thinks about, you know, where we want to be and the primary objectives that are going to get us there. And then you break down the objective into the key results. So if you accomplish the key results, then you therefore accomplish the objective. So it's really a matter of thinking about a bigger project, breaking it down into little pieces and how you execute on those over the period of a quarter. So whether you're creating an OKR for a year and breaking that into quarterly objectives or you're breaking down your quarterly objectives 
into monthly key results and whatnot. Uh, it's just a very good system for creating transparency across departments, creating alignment, generating more communication. And it's just been super helpful to TSL uh, as a remote company for driving growth and progress in the organization. One of the, I think one of the cool things uh, about how we do OKRs is there's a lot of uh, built-in visibility and accountability to getting them done. And so we set our OKRs uh, basically on a, on a company and, and department level, and then everybody has visibility on everybody else's uh, OKRs and kind of what you said, hey, this is what I'm going to do this quarter. This is what I'm going to be responsible for. And then at the end of the quarter um, on our next you know, quarterly planning time, we all get come back together and just give an update, give a report of like, Hey, here's what I said I was going to do. Uh, and either I did it or I didn't do it, but we got to, uh, we're all held accountable, myself included for what we said we were going to accomplish for that particular quarter. In addition on a, a weekly basis, just checking in, we use a, a tool called 15.5. That's been a, a really, really good tool, um, across the company for getting feedback from team members, everyone uh, on a weekly basis, uh, gives an update on kind of how things are going or what they're working on or how their week has been or somewhere where they may need support. Uh, and so, um, uh, and then also just giving an update from the leadership team perspective on the uh, OKRs and kind of progress that's been made or kind of where you're at on that. Are you on track? Are you behind or do you need help? Uh, and so that's been a, a really cool uh, resource for us. So uh, to that end, let me ask you guys uh, this, because we are a virtual company, we use a, a lot of different tools what is one of your favorite cannot live without highly recommended tools for that we use uh, within the company? Uh, who wants to start? Casey. All right. Um, it's, <laughs> there are days it's overwhelming, but I have to say Slack. And so Slack is really a, a digital water cooler for us. We've got channels for certain projects, for different departments, just for the leadership team, lots of individual DMs. Um, with that, it has been really helpful to have certain structures involved uh, in Slack and how, like, when we create channels, best practices in terms of how we start threads um, and have conversations, um, whether we're at mentioning someone or including certain tags and things like that, or adding in additional, like, plugins and apps like uh, Hey Taco or uh, Donut. Um, and so, having so that's really where we all connect. We very rarely send emails at all, but Slack has been great for collaboration with a virtual team and just made that engagement richer because of the variety of how we can interact with each other. We can send GIFs and memes. We can drop audio and video in there and photos as well. Um, and so it's just been really tremendous uh, to have that there. But if you don't have some constraints and guidelines and structure, it can very quickly get overwhelming. Slack uh, is definitely a big part of our world and it can certainly be a, a double-edged sword. Uh, Sam, favorite tool or resource? Hard not to say Slack. It's pretty critical. Uh, I would say my, my favorite that we use is Voxer because that's the place where we celebrate um, clients and rolling and, and high five on them starting their speaker journey. So I would say Voxer is a close second behind Slack for me. Cool. Mayor, favorite tool? Yeah, I like Slack, but is is GIF a tool? <laughs> I mean, for me, I have like full blown conversations with with my staff just on GIF. Like, we don't say anything; we just GIF away. <laughs> is it GIF or GIF? Did we finalize it? Well, if you live in Jersey, it's GIF. If you live everywhere else, it's GIF. <laughs> we do go through a, a lot of GIFs and GIFs. Uh, Chris, favorite tool? Uh, hands down, HubSpot. <laughs> 
I could not do my job without it. So as much as it might complicate other people's job, it makes my life a lot easier. And as a selfish marketer that wants measurable results on all of my campaigns, HubSpot helps me do that. As long as Chris is happy. Long <laughs> as Chris is happy. Or should we say Christopher? <laughs> We've got a uh, yeah. We have a, a lot of different tools, and so one of the the things that we have to balance is uh, there are tools where we're going. You know, is this uh, is this a, a nice to have or is this a must have? Do we have to have everybody on this, or is like you know certain people or certain departments? Uh, but one of my favorite things that we use within Slack is we use this with fifteen five, and now we use it with a, a different tool um, uh, called Hey Taco. Is we give shout outs to team members constantly. There is not a, a day that goes by, probably on a weekly basis. Uh, Casey, I'm sure we've got data on this somewhere, but at least a hundred individual shout outs um, of just team members of, Hey, I just want to shout out um, uh, Jeremy for helping with this, or I just want to shout out Rick for this or Charlie for that. Or like, it's just on and on like across the company. So across departments, because again, we have to be really intentional about getting to know one another and other departments, being sure people don't have silos, but also recognizing that we each need one another uh, for, for the work that we, we do in our own department. So uh, giving those shout outs on a, on a daily and weekly basis has been a, a really big deal. Uh, okay. One final question before we wrap up here. Uh, there may be, there may be someone who's listening to this right now. Who's going like, I wouldn't mind working at the speaker lab. Sounds like a decent gig. Uh, perhaps, uh, what would you say to them? Uh, again, since we are regularly hiring, we're regularly looking for great people. Uh, why should someone consider working at the, at the speaker lab? Uh, Chris, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I'd say if, uh, you're listening and you're, you have generally an entrepreneurial spirit, uh, you, you know, share in our core values and, uh, you want to work with a bunch of awesome people, then TSL might be the place for you. Over half our team are like speakers and they're booking gigs. Um, I happen to be the, uh, the half of the team that's not actually a speaker, but whether you're a speaker or not, the team will embrace you and welcome you. And, uh, as everyone has said, we have a lot of fun and enjoy um, our work remotely when we do our meetups and our life outside of work. So it's a, it's a pretty sweet gig. Sam, what would you say? If you, there's a lot of things, but uh, like I've been thinking this the whole time, like we also have really built our platform in a way that serves speakers. So over the years, like I've seen our, our offering, uh, evolve to match what speakers need to be successful. So if you get really fired up about serving a particular avatar and, and helping them break through, that's we're we're very breakthrough centric here. And I, th- I feel that our offering has evolved as, uh, as people, speakers have asked us to help them with different things. And that's really fulfilling. Casey. Uh, I feel like everyone wants to be part of a winning team. Like if your team's going to the Super Bowl, there's lots of bandwagon fans and everyone wants to be be a part of that team. And that's kind of how it feels to be part of the Speaker Lab. Um, if you like to be challenged, if you like to learn new things, if you like to figure out and solve problems, um, no day is the same at the Speaker Lab. It's not boring. 
Um, it's also like not stressful. Like we all work hard, but we play hard and we have a lot of fun. And it's been, it has been a joy to work here. I never dread Mondays. I haven't dreaded Mondays in two years. I look forward uh, to working with the Speaker Lab team. And I like that we don't accept the status quo and we're constantly trying to you know, tweak and improve um, our team and our systems and our offering to students um, to help them succeed as well. And uh, it's exciting to be a part of a, a company that has an innovative spirit, but also rejects growth for growth's sake. We're growing because uh, we're embracing our core values and you know trying to make a difference. So that's been that's been a tremendous joy. That's awesome, Mary Alice. Yeah, all great answers. I, I think you know if you're a um, entrepreneurial type person, a go getter, someone who um, is is willing to um, put the work in and also like bring that creative, that creative mind um, and really be a part of a team that's willing to, to change things. Right. That's one of the things I love about the team. Like just because we're doing something a certain way, doesn't mean we have to continue to do it that way. Um, One of the things we always do in our meetings is we talk about how can we do this better? And I've brought that into our student success meetings. Like, this is how we're doing it, but how can we do it better? So just someone who, um, like, you don't need to be told, okay, this is what you have to do at eight o'clock. This is what you have to do at nine o'clock. This is what you have to do at 10 o'clock. Make sure you're done by this. That's, that's not what happens here. Like you have to get in the game. You have to get your feet wet quick and, um, you know, get, get involved, get, get in on it. Like no one's going to tell you exactly what you should be doing when, and that's good for some people. It's not good for other people. Like some people have that personality where they need to be told, what their entire day looks like. This is definitely not the company for that. Um, but there's always something happening. Believe me, every hour on the hour could be filled with something to do. Uh, but a lot of times, like when we hired Katie, we were like, what do you, what do you think needs to go here? What do you think needs to pivot or change here? So you definitely want to bring that creative mind and, um, and know that you'll be listened to, which is really awesome because that's not always the case in, in a lot of companies, if it's a good idea. <laughs> indeed, indeed. If it's going to help us do it better. <laughs> you know, one thing we haven't even touched on uh, is we have an amazing uh, team retreat coming up that we are incredibly excited about. So for a virtual company, we still value uh, we value connections and getting together with people. So um, and, and in the fall, we are getting together, flying the whole team to Orlando. We've got we've rented a, a couple of just monster, stupid houses uh, that we would be on episodes of Cribs. And so just uh, getting together to hang out and um, share uh, work, do a little bit of work and uh, share some life for a couple of days as well. Uh, hey, listen, I, I want you guys all to know how much I appreciate you, the work that you do and how you help our students. Um, and for everyone listening, listen, I, I may be the voice of the podcast, but uh, so much of what we do happens because this this entire team and so many others that, that aren't here. Uh, but uh, whenever I talk about the company, it's not a grant thing. I always tell the team, this is not the grant show. And I genuinely mean that. Uh, when I talk about the speaker lab, I talk about we, us, and our. So I, I fully believe that. And uh, these four other people here are uh, are truly a testament to, to what we do. So thank you all for uh, for what you do for students and uh, for those listening. We, we hope we have a chance to work with you someday. So uh, if there's anything we can do to help you, support you, uh, holler us anytime. So thanks, guys. We appreciate you. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab Podcast. And before you take off, don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review within iTunes. We read every single one of those. It helps it helps other people to find the show. Listen, we, we don't charge anything for you to listen to these. We don't have any ads or anything. 
We do this because we want to serve and support speakers like you. So one small favor we ask of you is that you would leave us some type of a rating and review. Again, we really, really do appreciate that. If you're looking for more help, support as a speaker as you build and grow your business at whatever stage you're at, don't forget to check out thespeakerlab.com. Thespeakerlab.com. We got a ton of free resources and tools over there. So again, check it out over at thespeakerlab.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.